Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Backstage Podcast. My guest this week is someone I've known for a long time. Costa and I met through a common friend, and in fact, we had lost touch until I discovered what he's recently been up to, and I was completely intrigued. Over the past year, he has created a footwear customization company. In other words, he just plays around all day with shoes, pushing his art and creative skills to new heights. The imagination and creativity behind his detailed artwork are impressive, to say the least. He is quickly gaining attention and credibility among his peers and shoe enthusiasts alike. On this episode, we catch up on old times and discuss this new venture, along with all the hows and the whys that go with it. I hope you enjoy this conversation. It's good seeing you. Absolutely, man. It's. Be- I was surprised when you sent me the message. I was like, "Bravo!" Absolutely, I'm gonna go, dude. It, 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 I don't even know how long it's been, but um, I think the last memory that I have actually f- seeing you, I don't remember what year it was, but I have this memory of up north at my place with Jimmy. I don't oh, remember. Oh my god, that's as far back as when we were playing volleyball. I don't even remember why we were there. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if it was like a bachelor party yes. and we were all at my place. And the only reason I remember it is because we were the last ones to leave. Obviously, I locked up the place and we leave and you guys were in front. I remember and I was following you and we stopped at Tim Hortons to pick up some drive through And I remember this like it was yesterday. You guys pick up your order, you leave. Then I go to the window, I get my order, like I get my order and the girl gives me a Timbit. And I'm like, she goes, yeah, the, 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 the people in front told me, <laughs> the people in front told me to give you a Timbit. And I'm like, okay, thanks. <laughs> like one Timbit. And I don't know why I remember that. And I think that was the last time that I saw you. And I remember you were active on social media. And even as Jimmy, I, I kept asking, but I'm like, Dude, how's Costa doing, man? It's been a long time. And you disappeared even from social media. At least that's how it felt to me. I don't know if yeah, you... Yeah. And then he had told me that you were into the restaurant business and everything. And I'm like, okay, cool, you know. And uh, and then just suddenly, you know, uh, you start posting stuff again and, you know, the whole shoe business. And I was like, okay, that's fine, man. Uh, I didn't even know that this guy could draw. <laughs> you <know? laughs> you want to laugh? I didn't even know I could draw. <laughs> it, it, it's crazy how these things work, man. Like, honestly, we live in, in, in such a world where everything is so... Uh, controlled and you know the social media takes such a big presence and if it weren't for that i would have no clue of what's happening yeah absolutely and that's what's cool about social media you can really keep in touch with everybody right now and just be up to date you don't necessarily have to message a person all the time but at least when the time comes and you have a need you can be like oh my old friend is doing this let me just hit him up It's it's insane yeah yeah, absolutely. I was, I was, I was happy. I was like, okay, look, he's back. <laughs> like, where the hell has he been? You know. <laughs> you know, life changed when I got the restaurant. My hours changed. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I wasn't able to do anything anymore. I was there twenty four seven from eight o'clock in the morning to one two a.m. almost every day. Yeah. You know, depends uh, how it was, but I needed the rest time also. You know, we didn't have necessarily those days off. And sometimes when we would take those days off, it's like you have personal life things to do for sure so you would wake up early in the morning and let me tap everything out fast so i can have uh, my day off uh, you end up back home at four o'clock exhausted because you've been running all day and you would end up sleeping doing nothing so yeah i did uh, i honestly made it a point to get off social media just so i can focus on on what i needed to do right there's many people that i know that have done that and they it's like a cleansing they've told me george it's the best feeling in the world you just you disconnect 
and you focus on what you have to focus on. And it, I think it's a, it's an experience in and of itself. Uh, personally, I don't see myself ever doing it. I'm so hooked on these things. And because of the job I had, I had no other choice but to be on social media and to, yeah. to, to monitor yeah. everything. But I can't see myself disconnecting. But it's two different things, right? If you're just doing it personally and you're just chilling on uh, on social media, yeah. just looking at friends, yeah, that you need sometimes cleansing on. But uh, if it's for work, it's part of your business. It's You have to be on it. And with social media, it makes things instant. Like, I can send you a message. It doesn't matter what time it is. You're going to look at your phone and reply. It's like we instantly have communication. No longer, oh, what's his opening hours? What time is he there? Yeah. So that's uh, I think that's one of a great opportunity. But for business... You need it and you're on it all the time. It's hard to disconnect. It's crazy now. I mean, what you're doing now with social media, I mean, is that most of the traction you're getting? Right now, yes. However, I don't want to depend my whole business on it. Because say tomorrow, Instagram, Facebook, poof, disappears. What do I do? I'm left in the water. So I still try and keep it old school where I'm going to events, I'm going to places, Mm. and my marketing tool, my branding is me. And it's, hi, I'm Costa. This is what I do. And, you know, sometimes it clicks, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, yeah. You know, just like any other transaction that happens. We're going to talk about what you do and stuff. Um, well, I, I don't think social media will ever disappear. I mean, if Instagram no. leaves, it'll yeah. be replaced by something else. Yeah. And yeah. It, I think that's just the, uh, the natural evolution of, you know, the world, I think, that we live in right now with all this uh, social media and all the attention. Um, but I, I, I remember you, you were always this... Uh, this innovative person. You always had these ideas, this outside-the-box kind of thinker. Um, and I even remember back at a time when social media wasn't even a thing. I think only Facebook existing. You had created the, the ultra ride. And I remember that. And I was thinking, Jesus Christ, man, how do you mobilize so many people for this movement? And and again, social media wasn't there, right? It, I mean, now someone that manages to, um, uh, to attract all this attention, you think, oh, okay, uh, social media, Facebook, Instagram, all these things, okay, it's a trend. Uh, and it yeah. kind of makes sense yeah. today. Yeah. But back in the day, when did you start that? In 2007, but before the social medias, we had the forums. Okay. So I was on the forums, and obviously forums were more niche. You would go to the forum that would interest you on your topic specific. So um, it, it all started through the forums. But again, it was all the face-to-face communications. Yeah. Because in the automotive world, if you want to call it, everybody goes to car meets and stuff like that. So I made sure I went to every single one and I would introduce myself and it was more for shits and giggles, right? It was like, you want to call it popularity? But everybody knew each other. It became a tight community. And then word of mouth. So then word of mouth, it just came to, to, to the forums, which helped it grow. And then in 2007, it's when the pages was introduced on Facebook and I was like, okay. actually, the groups, not the yeah. pages, the groups. And I created the group, and that just brought even more people to it. So um, it, 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 it was more of a personal way of getting people than thanks to the forums. And then social media just helped it, it grow to what it, it was. Yeah. Like Absolutely. for the people listening that have no idea what the ultra ride is, what, what was it? It was a, a moving car show. It was a ride. So we would drive from uh, from an area in Laval without taking the highways. We would go up to Trombla and back down Assomption and head back to Montreal. It was an eight-hour drive taking the scenic route in uh, in Quebec. What was the what was the biggest number of uh, participants that you had uh, in 2011? That was the last official one I had yeah. done. Was 3,000 people? God. Yeah, it was about 1,500 cars. 
and from everything mix of exotics all the way to your little tuner cars yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we had the smart club that came also like they couldn't keep up but regardless yeah. you know it was more for being enthusiasts with enthusiasts just doing participating car, in the yeah. movement yeah. yeah yeah doing what a car is supposed to do it's not necessarily supposed to just park yeah so it was Put the cars to the was test. this a business like you made money out of this or was it just a, a a movement that you're like it started for off, fun it started off for fun and uh and recently somebody asked me like how the story how it came to be and if someone else used to organize a riot and he didn't organize it so i took it upon myself yeah and he got upset at me that i'm organizing his event and you know he was extremely rude about it i apologized to him he yeah. continued being rude about it so i was like all right here instead of your ride let's just change the you name of it a little bit. Yeah. And I did my own. It was more his rudeness that uh, fueled me, right? I was like, okay, you want to be like that? No problem. But um, it started off for fun. And I didn't necessarily see a potential at first, but I started getting people contact me asking to sponsor. And then one thing led to another and it became a business. Mm -hmm. So uh, so then I started selling merchandise and selling and getting sponsorships, yeah. which uh, helped it out a lot. It's crazy because at that time I wasn't married, but I was with, uh, you know, she was my girlfriend at the time and we were driving and we kept seeing stickers on cars, you know, the you are and then the year, you know, you are 09 or 10. And I'm like, oh, look, that's Costa's thing. <laughs> the, uh, I had made it up. I had turned it into like, if you see a car on the road, first of all, say hi to each other yeah, yeah. and then take a picture and send it on Facebook yeah. and I'll repost it. And at a certain point, it got out of hand. Pictures were coming from every direction. I was like, what am I going to post first? Yeah. yeah today i wish i had that scenario again it's like okay what am i posting next yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, if yeah. people are sending me pictures all the time it's like okay i have material to post any plans to to take that over again so i started it last year again since i had the time i left the restaurant and uh, i started it again and i said we'll take it one step at a time you yeah. know and from what i saw last year it needs to be rebuilt mm -hmm. and um i expected it to be much much bigger you know i thought oh the event was huge i'm just gonna come back it's gonna but i clearly saw it needs to be rebuilt because a lot of the people who were back then have now moved on. They're either older, they have families, they have other priorities, yeah. they've sold their cars. But uh, but there's always car enthusiasts. Yes, correct. Yeah. There's always car enthusiasts. And it just needs to be rebuilt, but I think it's going to be more for fun and pleasure, just yeah, to, yeah. to keep that passion alive. Yeah, for sure. And obviously it brings people together, right? And builds new connections and new yeah, relationships. Yeah, so exactly. you never know where those lead you after. Exactly. So how did you, how did you go from that into the restaurant thing? How did that come about? So... <clears throat> At the time, I was working for a marketing firm. We uh, we were a distributor of promotional products. Mm -hmm. And uh, in 2009, when the economy crashed in the U.S., Canada right away took a hit mm -hmm. where I suddenly had almost no more clients. Like All clients, I cut their budgets or marketing budgets. Yeah. And I found myself as if it was like day one when I first started working for the company where I had zero clients. I found myself cold calling clients again, trying to get new customers. And I'm calling companies and they're telling me, oh, this position is abolished. And I was like, what do I do now? And that's when the ultra ride took a whole different turn. Whereas like, I need to start generating money from yeah. somewhere else. Like the, the marketing firm was, was great when the commission was coming in, but you know, salary wasn't the greatest. So For sure. I depended on my commission. So that's when I started thinking, taking the ultra ride a little more seriously. So while I was working at the marketing firm, I was working at the ultra ride and I found myself working nonstop. Mm -hmm. And uh, my cousin had uh, had a restaurant and he told me, Cos, I, I see your work ethic. I see how you are. Do you want to come join me? And I was like, what the fuck do I know about restaurants? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I refused the offer. And a year later, he came back, exactly a year later, he came back to me with the same offer. And I was like, 
you know what? After, I, I said well, the first time, I was like, I have so many things on my plate. I'm grinding. I'm trying to get things going. And a year later, I, I gauged, I scaled where I was at and what the potential is if I just stop doing those two things and I go in a restaurant. So that's when uh, I told my cousin, you know what? Let's go. I'll yeah. jump on board with you. And that was a whole new learning experience. And that's when I disconnected because I've never worked in a kitchen before. Yeah. And first thing I did was go into kitchens and had to learn how to use a knife. Yeah. So that was working morning to night to make sure I learned the kitchen and then slowly learned the front of the store. Now, the front of the store was, it was more learning how a restaurant operates. Mm -hmm. Now, working with staff and, and being in retail for years, I had that experience. I just had to understand more how the service comes to when mm -hmm. it's a restaurant business. You know, other people have been doing it for years and to me, it was brand new. Other than being served, I had zero experience yeah. for waitering or or catering or anything like that so that's how uh i stepped away from one thing went into the restaurant and one thing led to another and found myself seven years later still being in there it, it, it's crazy because i think look i've i've worked off obviously in restaurants and uh, i know exactly what it takes and uh, how tiring it is but i also know a lot of entrepreneurs that have gotten into the restaurant business and it's it's the most hectic thing because and especially here in quebec i don't know anywhere else but the restaurant business took a huge hit especially when the government imposed the, that machine where you know you're, you're obliged to punch everything in and everything is monitored and everything is just you know there's someone constantly overlooking at your at your numbers yeah, uh, yeah. you know the, the prices went up um, and a lot of, a lot of these friends that I have just realized that you know you're, you're throwing in so much money to a restaurant business at the end of the day you're just buying yourself a salary and you're working <laughs> yeah. like an animal. <laughs> Like yeah. an animal. Is that how you felt? Like, I mean, is that where you, uh, were you at all in that kind of atmosphere? I always accept a new challenge. Yeah. So I saw it as a challenge. I was motivated. And because it was new, I didn't see it like that yeah. until it became stagnant and routine. Yeah. And then I saw exactly that. The hours I'm working, it's like I'm getting paid less than minimum wage, <laughs> you exactly. know, for the salary yeah. for compared to the hours I'm working. <clears throat> but it was still, uh, still an experience that I would never trade off. It yeah. was it was huge. Whether it was working from having one restaurant with my cousin and then having another one uh, next to the Olympic Stadium, two different scales of two sizes of restaurants, yeah. getting gaining the experience, having the opportunity to work with 60 staff is, and, and the opportunity of working with different partners, it was a yeah. huge lesson. So I would never take anything away from it. What I have left earlier, maybe. <clears throat> Sorry, man. Okay. I would have left. Uh, I would have left earlier, but uh, but it was it was fine. The way it went, everything happens for a reason, and and you yeah. stepped aside for what? Um, so it was time to change. Yeah, yeah. There's more to the stories, but yeah, it was it was time to change. So yeah, it, it, it's crazy how you reach at that point where you're like, look, I'm done. You know, uh, and we're talking about before going live uh, about my experience in politics too, and. I understand you completely. Like you reach a point where you're like, regardless of what I have, regardless of what I need financially or other, uh, we're turning the page here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And you went straight from that to, uh, no, to what I'm doing now. Yeah. No, I, uh, first thing I did, I got on a plane, went to Tokyo. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I went traveling around a little bit. I just, I needed a break. Yeah, yeah. I, I just needed a really good break and time to refocus. Yeah, just yeah. acknowledge, settle, I don't know how to say it. Just go through all my thoughts of everything that happened in the last seven years. Yeah. Um, it was nothing tough. I just had to 
close that yeah, book. Yeah, yeah, clear your mind and just focus on what's next. <clears throat> yeah. So I took uh, I took a year off, but uh, that year off was uh, was something completely different. I really exposed myself to a lot of different things. I went meeting new people. I went traveling to new places, seeing different cultures, um, and that really got things turning right in in my head. And um, being in these different places is always a comfort zone that you have. Now, mm -hmm. one job I used to have that I loved was working in retail back when I used to work at Athletes World when I was managing a few stores. So even though I would travel and go see archaeological stuff, historical stuff where the beaches or blah, 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 I would always have that, that thing in me where I wanted to go to a mall or go to the stores. Yeah. I want to go shop. I enjoy shopping. Check things but, out, yeah. But you also feel the local vibe. And going there, it's like I started seeing things that maybe I wasn't as familiar with. Like, yes, I had seen it en passant. But I'm seeing in, in Tokyo guys customizing sneakers and, you know, they're drawing on these sneakers. And it's like, but of course, it's Japan, you know. Of course, they're going to do that here. You would expect that. Yeah, yeah correct. Yeah, yeah. So then, um, uh, you know, and I'm thinking back in my days when I, I, I had... That when I was working for the shoe store, it's like I did little customization, you know, started off first, oh, I didn't like this orange stripe, let me take a Sharpie, hide it, or let me change the laces, put colorful laces, mm. or etc. So then I end up in France, and I'm seeing guys doing the work there too, and it's like, wow, cool. Then I meet another, uh, who became a buddy of mine now, uh, um, he moved from France to Canada, and that's what he does. He's Now he's doing tattoos and customizing sneakers, and, you know, looking at him, I'm like, there's it's very cool i was yeah. intrigued i was curious and then i went to new york and that was the pivoting point i'm like okay i'm going into this really um in new york that was like something else and you know how uh it has all these songs about new york i but you know i believe it i saw it it really changed my my yeah. mind setting so uh and you know when i saw people using airbrushes and stuff like that i was like fuck i've been with the cars for so long i've painted so many car yeah, parts yeah, yeah, i yeah. failed i've I've tried doing it better and I've learned to use a steady hand. So that's when I was like, I can do this. Now, uh, 2018, January, I was like, time to start moving forward. Started writing my business plan and started doing research on how to do this. Yeah. And uh, practicing, trial and errors, see what holds up, what doesn't. And then one thing led to another. That's, and I started. That, that's just incredible, man. It's like it, it has nothing to do with your background, quote unquote. It does in a way, though. Well, yeah, because you were in the retail. I mean, you knew you knew the shoes and stuff, but it's like you're starting something from scratch, right? You're like, okay, I've never really yeah. dove into something like this. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's just something that you, you know, obviously you saw, you were impressed with, you saw the trends happening worldwide, and you're like, we need this in Montreal, and I think we do. We I do. Mean, we yeah. have Montreal is that kind of city. I think it's culture. You know, you can go anywhere in Canada, but yet when you come to Montreal, it's so diversified and you have all the different cliques, all the different groups of people, all the different, the generations, the mm -hmm. immigrants, the, you have so many different lifestyles and people enjoy their lifestyle. They expose it. They go out. Like you can always find something to do in Montreal. Has, has you getting into this, has that exposed you to a reality in Montreal that you didn't know existed? Like, is it present here? That kind of... Lifestyle, like the customized shoes, uh, uh, you know, that style. I I wasn't sure. I think when I was writing my business plan, that's where that was the question I made mark. sure. Yeah. yeah. That, so that's where I made sure. And I made sure I went to events. And I stood in a corner. I was there for like three hours just watching people go by. Let me see what they're interested in. What questions are they asking? What mm. Just I needed to get information, ask questions. Like I would go to sneaker events where there's resellers, speak to them, find out what the thoughts are. 
what are they doing? Then when you start when you start asking the right questions and you start getting the right answers, you also know what to research when you're doing your business plan. Mm -hmm. And as you're doing your research, you're seeing where it's heading, what's the tendencies, what are they forecasting? And it's like, okay, there's an opportunity. It's missing in Montreal. By no means is am I the only customizer. Mm -hmm. There's uh, there's other people also doing it. Mm -hmm. But um, I said, I'm but gonna... there's definitely a market. You're saying uh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. It's crazy because we're gonna go. We're gonna go back to the social media thing that we're talking about, and, and now with everything, all the platforms that exist, you you don't only think Montreal. I mean, something like this, you can scale it like anywhere. You so far, I've gotten Toronto, but okay. yes, but still, you're 100 I mean, right. You go, yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's not like uh, something that requires you to be at all these locations, right? No, correct. You know, <laughs> some guy can call you from anywhere. Hey, I saw what you're doing. Can you shipping exactly and shipping back? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's really cool, and it opens a whole new avenue of things. And at the end of the day, it's a luxury item. Yeah. So a luxury item is not necessarily a need. However, it's something that somebody will go out of his way for just to be different mm -hmm. and unique. And you know, it's all about about self expression, right? You you want to be different. You don't want to necessarily you're different. I'm different, yeah. and you dress accordingly to represent your character and yeah. style. So. The customization gives it an extra avenue mm -hmm. in order to be unique. Uh, there was this kid, man. I, uh, I can't remember where I saw it. It was on Snapchat. Uh, that, 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 that young kid that uh, he became famous with uh, DJ Khaled. Uh, he became like that shoe expert where he would Money get, Kicks or his, Benjamin Kicks? There's two I, of I them. One's I, in Miami, the other one's in Dubai. But I have yeah. no idea. It's in the US. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know who that is there, but uh, that kid, like, I don't even know how old he was, becoming a millionaire, just getting, like, rare shoes. Yeah. The, the, so um, after doing my research, imagine this. The re because of supply and demand, yeah. of how the companies are collaborating with different artists and having a low supply on a high demand, it, 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 these shoes can, it, the way you'll do an investment, you'll purchase a shoe at $150, $160, and within the hour, you can resell it at $2,000. No way. You tell me now if that's a an investment For sure. worth making. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, if you can get your hands on a few pairs. And companies are trying to control that for not one person to be getting all the pairs. Yeah. And the resale market right now is estimated at $2 billion. There's even a, a stock market only for sneakers. You could go on and search one sneaker and see what its tendency is, if the price is going up or going down right now. Wow. So it's uh, it's really impressive to see, really cool to see. And, and a lot of young kids are jumping on board. And what's cool about this is you have these young guys exposing themselves to sales, purchasing, mm -hmm. negotiating. Mm -hmm. And when back then we were looking for anything to do, now they have something like it's a hot commodity yeah. that they can practice on. And, you know, some might make it, some might not, but it's an experience that they'll get from There's it. There's even a reality show I, I, I saw. I can't remember what it's called. Uh, and I, is it in California? I can't remember. Uh, it's a family. I think there are like two brothers and a sister, and uh, that's what they do. They have a little shop, and... Uh, they just they do all these celebrities and uh, they look for deals and there's all these things like they they expose like kind of like the backstage of how that industry works you know yeah, uh, like yeah I, I haven't seen it but I can I'll find it I'll find it all I'll say yeah. I can't remember what it was I I think I I ran into it like by luck on Facebook I was yeah. going through the feed there and uh, it came up um, see for me 
I just walk in, grab a shoe that I like, leave a year later or a year and a half later. I know I'll need new shoes. Kind of thing. <laughs> I, I really don't care. And I like to say a year and a half later, right? Yeah. When normally a life expectancy of a sneaker that's worn is three months. No way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <see? laughs> yeah. But then again, I, I don't, uh, you know, at least in my previous life, I'd never really wore running shoes every single day either. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So for me, you get a shoe and it lasts normally around a year, a year and a half. But we've also been conditioned and trained to be like that, right? Yeah. Coming from immigrant families where yeah. it's like, this is a shoe you're getting. and Until your toenail kind of rips <laughs> yeah. through, we're not getting your shoes. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But you, you you grew up in an entrepreneurial uh, setting too, though. My father, he was uh, he had his own printing shop, mm. and uh, he really pushed for it. You know, he, I remember him working like very small scale and turning it into something very big. Yeah. And now, veuve pas, I had to go work with him. <laughs> right? No choice. <laughs> no choice. No choice. So I got exposed to it. I got exposed to the grind, yeah. and I got exposed to the sales, and uh, and. Say that I appreciated it, not at a young age. I did it because it becomes an exhaustion. It becomes just something that you you're forced into doing. You don't really yes. understand, right? What's correct? Going on. That you don't know the reason yeah. why, or etc. He's telling you, oh, okay, we have to pay bills, so yeah. that's why we're doing it. But uh, later on, as you get older and you start maturing and you start doing things for yourself, you start seeing it's fun. It's not for everyone, mm -hmm. but it's fun. You know, being in sales is literally how you're gonna present yourself because it's not only the product you're selling like if you're if you're not good you know if you're some malaka trying to sell the best product it won't be so yeah right so th that's when you start seeing how you can better yourself yeah and but that that obviously had an impact in you doing all these other things you know like um just thinking outside the box and just taking advantage of any opportunity that you thought hmm, interesting let me look into that kind of thing whereas me, for example, where I didn't come from that kind of setting. For us, it's get a job because you have your expenses, you have school to pay, you have all these things. Um, and we were kind of conditioned that, look, there's no time to think about a business. <laughs> Forget about that, you know, go work. to work. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, you didn't live that. Or maybe you did, but the work that you did was always associated to like an idea or like some entrepreneurial uh, venture, you know? It, True, very true. I, I I was just very lucky at a young age to have my father. Then uh, then when I went to work at Athletes World, the guys that were that first hired me, they were hungry guys, mm -hmm. and I didn't have that hunger until I saw them. And yeah. I got hungry for no reason. Yeah, you know, everybody has their reasons for doing things, and them maybe the same scenario as you. It's like, no, we gotta do this, or we gotta figure out a way to get out of it. Yeah, and I just saw hunger, and I was like, okay, let me get hungry too. Yeah, oh, yeah. right. So I I. I it was just different scenarios, exposure to different things. But later on, it starts becoming a game. And it's like you want to try things and do different things. Yeah. So maybe I was in a different opportunity. I was lucky in, in my upbringing. That not, gave not, me a say, chance not saying to, that it's easy, though. No, no by no means. Yeah, yeah. By no means. And even now, I keep saying it. I might fail. Yeah. And I'll never say more because yeah. my goal is to succeed. Obviously. <laughs> right? But, you know, succeeding uh, succeeding at anything, it's uh, it's a combination of different failures as well, right? Yes. And I don't think I, I know anyone that has succeeded in anything without actually failing. It's a learning prog uh, yeah. process, right? Yeah. And it's a curve that you yes. gotta you got to go through it. Uh, the difference between people making it or not is how much can you accept uh, failing? Like, where do you give up kind of thing, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, you, right now, 
you have your own studio like are you alone uh, how does it work so I, i'm alone right now um my girl helps me out when required she and that all happened by accident right because i was doing a lot of r&d back then trying you know staying up late full work days trying to figure out how i can give the best quality and making sure that my work looks like it was factory made it doesn't uh-huh. look like oh someone drew on it and wanted to look like that's how they purchased it and that it's durable so during this time you know she would wait up <laughs> so she started doodling and she doodles mm-hmm. so uh one thing led to another i i saw her doodles being like super cool and i was like oh make something for the studio so it could look nice in mm-hmm. here so she made one thing and then one customer came and he's like oh that's a cool art and i go to him, yeah my girl made it and he goes i'm gonna bring you a pair of sneakers i want her to do it and then i told her do you want to try it she was like no 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 i'm like you will do it (laughs) so uh, eventually she started also so she helps out only when it comes to when i need the help or if someone requests her style and her style has gained a lot of popularity Mm -hmm. with the people who have been seeing me who come into the studio as soon as they see her stuff they're like wow i want that also so now it it gives me another avenue for having two different different styles yeah. yeah two different styles my style is i'll do whatever i have to in order to make sure i do what you want and her style, it's that's what she does. If you're interested in that, she'll do it for you. She has her own job. She, you know, she's just doing it more for to help out. Yeah, and, yeah. and she thinks it's cool. She never thought her work would. And even now, if you ask her, she's going to say, oh, no, uh, I don't think my work is nice. But, <laughs> you know, she's. Uh, but she's getting quite the exposure from it. Yeah, yeah. she is. She is. Yeah. So you're like an entrepreneur now. Uh, you're called, you know, the, the, the trend now. You know, you're a creative you know, you're, which is cool because it's, uh, I don't know, I don't know if it's a new thing, but I mean, you're hearing all these things online, you know, be, be, become a creative, you know, uh, find a creative in you. Uh, and this is the kind of entrepreneurship that you're in. Um, what's hard about this? Well, obviously you having to do all that research, like there's that kind of challenge, but now that you have established your business, um, what's the grind about? Like, what are the challenges, like your day-to-day kind of mental uh question marks the day-to-day is to find a balance because sure i can sit in a studio for 10 years working on my craft to get make sure i get i become a better artist but at the end of the day do i want to just become an artist Mm -hmm. or do i want to continue in being an entrepreneur do i want to continue in the sales and organizing and etc etc so it's finding the balance i think that's the biggest challenge especially now on social media someone sends me a message it's like boom i gotta reply right yeah. away but if i'm working on something i can't necessarily reply right away but then the phone rings then somebody walks in the paint is drying i gotta keep yeah so i think that's the biggest challenge or the second biggest challenge is i constantly try one-upping myself from one art the next I, I think every last custom i do is my best one because yeah. i always try getting better and better and before i do something i'll practice it until i make sure it leaves here looking great and being good quality yeah so uh, i think one side is balancing everything and second is personally becoming upping my skills yeah upping my skills in order to have a specific style to myself but be able to do whatever a customer wants but in order to differentiate myself to try and take it to the next level. Yeah. Now, next level, when I'm saying that, I mean long-term goal I have, and then I have my short-term goals also where. So what are the highlights now of being this kind of creative? This is obviously this is something new for you as well. I mean, yeah, you, yeah. you've never done anything before associated with that or, uh, you know, at this level. Um, 
what are the highlights? Like, what do you what do you enjoy most about this? Meeting people. Yeah. It's phenomenal. The people I meet, it's like I don't need to be fake anymore. Yeah. I can be myself. I can speak however I want. And everybody who comes is in a good mood. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and when they leave, you know, I make sure they're happy. Like, I make sure my work is good so they can be happy. But seeing everybody happy. Enthusiastic. Enthusiastic, about yeah, yeah. yeah. Doing something different. And hearing their ideas. Every customer I've done has a story. Hearing someone's story. It's like, suddenly, it's no longer a customer. It's a person who has a story. And it's almost like getting a tattoo. Yeah. So, I think that's super interesting in the industry of of this was there any pressure like was it was it at all difficult for you uh transitioning from what you did or the person that you were before into doing what you're doing now or becoming what you are now like you were the restauranter or you were the car enthusiast and now you're the shoe designer or the custom shoemaker um going from one to the other does that affect you mentally like how do you how do you process how do you accept the fact that this is who i am now i think it happened naturally it happened very naturally because if i'm gonna apply myself it means i already believe it yeah so it's like this is what i want to do i'll fight for it and and it, it, everything happened very smooth right i i can't really say that it, it, it was hard or that have, it was have you, have you been exposed to anyone telling you bro that's what you do now like yeah absolutely shoes. absolutely like oh you guys are my shoes i've heard that and it's like yeah that's what i do yeah it's not for everybody yeah. you know some people don't understand some people are like you're drawing shoes so it's fun to educate these people yeah. on it right some people will still have no interest but you know but for you it was a natural good. progression like you saw these things happening and you picked up interest and you're like okay yeah this is it this is what i'm i'm gonna be doing like there wasn't any like mental blockage where you're gonna be like <laughs> is this really what i have to do now um is not like that mm -hmm. in my head i was like i don't want to be a shoemaker and yeah. by no means am i saying it in a bad way yeah but it's not what direction i'm heading in i yeah. don't want to be a shoemaker i want to be someone who takes a product modifies it and turns it into something new that did not exist yeah not necessarily repairing even though i do repairs because of how the market is right yeah. now you know one pair of shoes uh, two years later people are noticing their shoes cost 900 bucks They're like Shit, I need to repair this shoe and never wear it again. <laughs> so I will do that. However, it's it's modifying the product. And this is what I used to do for a very long time, whether it was modifying cars yeah. or working for the marketing firm, promotional products. I had all sorts of projects. Customers would want simple stuff like the, a cap with a logo on it, pens with a logo on it, golf balls. But then certain projects started getting more interesting where they had a, a themed event and they needed to come up with different ideas. Yeah. So customizing was almost in me or not in me but everything i did was all about customization mm -hmm. and personalizing and being unique to now coming to i learned the sneakers back then it's like as if i i blended everything together now um uh, let's talk about the growth because you're obviously getting a lot of exposure there's uh uh you're, you're, you're trending in a lot of the things and uh uh you know you're you're gaining a lot of growth and you're appearing at all these different events and that you're participating like you said what is the difference between what you're doing now and the exposure you're getting versus what you did uh with the ultra right for example where these platforms a lot of these platforms didn't even exist like how, like how do you react to this um to this new reality uh in your business kind of thing the social media yeah. is help so 
I'm doing exactly what I did before with the addition of the tools that exist. Yeah. If there's other tools tomorrow, I'll try and jump on board on yeah. them. If something gets removed, let's see what other avenues we have or we stick to what works. But social media has been great. And um, to the point where I got to meet all sorts of new people, create new relationships. And and it, it's not all about business. So a lot of my time is, let me help people. Mm -hmm. Or somebody needs advice. So they're in a sneaker. I'm like, dude, just pass by the studio. I'm here 24-7. I'm working. I yeah. can chat at the same time. And helping other people has opened new doors to me. And my work ethic has helped a lot where I, I even got sponsored by a, a soap company who they make soap for sneakers. What's it called? Crep. Crep. Crep Protect. So I got sponsored by them. But all that was was a, a domino effect of actions I took and work ethic. And to the point where they heard my name, they saw what I do. We met. I was happy with them. They were happy with me. And now we're scratching each other's backs. And yeah. I'm helping them. And when I need the help, they don't hesitate. They yeah. help me back right away also. But there's many doors that have opened, man. I, I, I look at your social media stuff. And, you know, you were there was a street festival a couple of weeks ago on St. Catherine. Yeah, with Reba, La Section Barbershop. They, they called you up or you, you went up to them and like, hey, by the way, this is what I do. Uh, would you guys be interested? Or how does that work? So it, everything was literally step by step yeah. and domino effect. I got the sponsorship. I, because of them, I happen to be in a footlocker. Being in a footlocker, I meet other people. They see that I'm in a footlocker, so people are start gaining trust in, in my work. The credibility. The credibility. Yeah. So then they see me at sneaker events. Then I meet other guys, uh, a, a barbershop. They were doing a collaboration with Reebok. They're like, yo, we see how you're working. We see what you do. It would be so cool for all of us to work together. So meet with both parties and come to to an arrangement and mm -hmm. all three of us working together and uh and after just one person meeting another next thing you know because of social media too i'm getting dms like hey we're, we're doing this event are you interested in working together so it's it's a domino effect but it's you have to put yourself out there too for sure you can't just stay home and okay let me work or let me be in the office and let me work and try and get a customer no it's Literally meeting There was people. other event at the Rialto, uh, but it wasn't related just to sneakers. It was just a huge art exhibition. We we got scouted out on for on that one. Oh, like, yeah? I, in my head, being an artist was almost negative. Yeah. I, I used to see it as, let me go live in a plateau with a whole bunch of other artists. In one I was in politics, man. So for me, the artist, <laughs> it was like the biggest X. Like, look, this is not our demographic here. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I had a complete different image. Yeah. And I'm telling you, that trip to New York was really seeing all the urban art. I was like, this is cool. It's yeah. not the image I had. And it was my lack, my perception, the lack of of knowledge on yeah. it. So that's when I started learning things. And 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 through social media, that's where I got scattered out by by Raw. Um, it's a, a company from Los Angeles where they scout out different artists. And I had no idea about it. That's amazing, man. I ended up going to the artist meeting and I'm hearing there, like, they're like, who got scattered out by us? So I put my hand up and the room is full of people, right? I put my hand up. Then I just look around and there's only like another five people that got scouted out. Mm. And I was like, okay, hold on. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. this is serious. So um, I worked all night so, to so, get that ready so, yeah that so event. what was that convention about it was just exposing different art yeah so and there's people it, that came from all over or specifically montreal um there were people from all over however it was more specific montreal they try and stay local so they go from one city to another city from one city to the other around the world so they promote like the local the local uh, artists, yeah. yeah and and through that you you get opportunities to maybe get found by somebody mm -hmm. or etc so um 
So it was exactly that. The other artists that were there, it was from singers to DJs to musicians to uh, threading to people painting, photographers. So it it was a mix of different artists. And what was cool being there, I got to meet a whole bunch of people, Mm -hmm. create again new contacts, get new people to help me on different things. People ask me for help on different things. And again, I think collaborations and partnerships is something where it, it, it just gets the ball rolling. Well, look, in, in, in that type of industry, and I guess in every kind of industry, every, the, more, industry. the more that you can expose your name and what you do and the, the networking uh, capabilities that you can have through those, uh, through those contacts, it, I, there's only positive that can come out of that. I remember mer- working for the marketing firm, the first networking sent cassette I ever went oh, to. Yeah. First one I went to, my boss said, hey, it might be a good opportunity for you to go there. I went there, not knowing what to expect. It's like, oh, you can have drinks and whatever. So <laughs> it's like, okay, let me have a drink. And I'm going up to people and it's like, oh, hi, I'm a distributor of promotional products. And I was like, oh, cool story, bro, you know? <laughs> and over time, you start realizing it's like, you just need to be human. Yeah. And you know, networking is just be you and just yeah. like shoot the shit. And next thing you know, it's like, hey, I like you, George. Like, But it's, but it's also the industry that you're in. Right, the, the the this art industry is much more relaxed and it's much I more. I don't cool. agree with that. You don't think so? No, because working because for if the you mar- go if you go to a corporate, uh, like I think I said, like it's so like official, you know, the suit and the tie, and everybody's like, Dude, I'm not convinced that stuff really happens through those uh, networking events. Whereas in yours, everyone's just a creative. They're like, ah, oh, cool, bro. What are you doing? This and that. Let's take a sell. Like, it's so much more fun. At least that's how it feels like for me from yeah. the outside. So I, I had to learn working for that marketing firm for, for quite a few years. I had to learn I can't be a sales pitch at a Sanka set. Yeah. And next thing you know, I started relearning myself and how I should do things. Like every day I'm trying to become yeah. better. And back then it was still very early stages, right? And next thing you know, you're going to a Sanka set and you're talking to someone you don't even know his name and you're talking about fishing. Yeah. And ha, 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 ha. And it's like, hey, by the way, I'm George. Oh, I'm Casa. What do you do? I do promotional products. Oh, no way. Let me introduce you to this person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's that. And I really believe in that. And it took me a little bit of time. But as soon as I figured that out, it's like, just be you. Just be you. Just be you at the end of the day. You know, everybody talks about being authentic. But but the way you and I spoke when we first saw each other after all these years, that's... That's being authentic. Yeah, yeah. It's like that hug we first gave each other. It's shh. <laughs> but you get what I mean, yeah, though, yeah. right? You get what I mean. Yeah, yeah. And I think realism is what really moves things forward. Like, I'm not saying be real on Instagram, how people are faking it and acting. And to, for them, maybe it works, right? Mm-hmm. But these connections is what makes it, things. It's, it's funny that you mention that because that's how I felt in politics for all these years. Because, I mean, obviously, politics is it's an environment where there's a lot of plastic people. It's just, there's a lot of fakeness. There's a, there's a facade. And I realized, and the way we did, the way we worked was just being just down to earth. And we had no other choice. First of all, that's how we were. You know, that's how I was. I'm not, I can't change myself. Yeah. And I realized how much more uh, support on the ground we would have compared to other um, to other writings. And, you know, people would often come to us and say, you know, how do you, how do you guys get all these volunteers to come out? And, uh, and I think that that's what played a huge role where, I mean, we do take the job seriously, but in our mind it was like, look, man, let's not take it that seriously. Let's have a laugh a little bit. Let's yeah. joke around. Yeah. And that was tough because you have to, in the back of your mind, maintain that image, you know, we're a public person now, you know, we got to look serious. We got to look a certain way. We got to talk a certain way. And in my, in my mind, it was just all bullshit, man. It was just, look, man, just go to the people, talk to them. But I do, uh, 
I, I, I do feel like all those networking cocktails that I went to, maybe because I didn't want to be there. I don't know. <laughs> it's very possible. I, I don't know. But I just felt like, dude, nothing is getting done here. Like, yeah. What, what, I, what am I, I doing? I can completely understand. And going back to your point, I can understand and you might be right. And the industry I'm in now, yes, it is much cooler. It's fun, man. Come on. Because going, yes, I had to go talk about fishing. Right, I had to go talk about, about golf, but I've never played golf. Right, you I wasn't faking no, it, on, but go. but you know, I would say, oh, I play soccer, <laughs> oh, I play basketball. But I completely understand. I think it's the, the 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 people you're exposing yourself to. If it's not the right environment, like some of these people, some of these Senka sets, you know, they're wearing beige pants and uh, burgundy polos tucked in. Like that wasn't me. <laughs> so I no, you're right. Com yeah. yeah, you're right. But at the end of the day, you still be you, and you know, but. It's um, it's impressive. First of all, um, the growth that you've had in not even a year, uh, a year and a half actually, a year and a half. Oh, 2018. You said I, uh, I started officially 2018. Yeah, just the exposure. I it took time to grow and, yeah. and my R and D and my development and etc. But yeah, 2018. So well, it was started low key. What's the goal going forward? Obviously, you want to grow. Like, do you want to become that? person where when people think of sneakers or customized sneakers or anything related to sneakers like your name pops up is that what is that what the goal is yes like i'm thinking of that kid that we talk about there in the u.s where they, you know, he became a millionaire just by you know selling shoes to dj Khaled and from there to all these other and like when you think uh, when these people think oh i need sneakers call up that kid kind of thing you know is that what you want to do is like is well, that, i didn't see it like, like you want to be become that staple like that. that staple yes and since you're saying it I will answer you yes. However, yeah. that's not how I saw it. I, I I didn't look at let me go make millions by no means. Um, however, it's I I want to have a little workshop and I mean leave the studio and have a store, which I'm in the process of doing it right now. And you know, have regular store hours where people could come in and drop off their stuff because I don't only customize and brand sneakers. I'm I'm cleaning sneakers and restoring sneakers. And the way things are going right now, how it's popular, like even business professionals now, it's throw a blazer on and a pair of uh, clean sneakers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I, I want to just make sure I can do something that's fun, that I enjoy, but keep challenging myself to long-term goal, be able to work with corporate companies, like different sneaker companies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like they come to you basically for their customized stuff. Hey, we've seen your your customs. We like your style. I think it would be an interesting opportunity for us to work together and take it from there, but at a much higher level, right? Yeah. You know, with big corporate companies. Yeah. And, not just, and when I say corporate companies, I'm talking about like Nikes, Reeboks, yeah, yeah, et cetera, yeah, yeah. et cetera. Et cetera. Um, but uh, now that I said corporate, it's what's cool is, yes, you can make one unique product for an individual, but I've started knocking on doors. Well, first it, it approached me and a company wanted to do sneakers for staff and it's like they got their branding on phone. oh yeah i saw that yeah yeah so after that i started branching out to a few companies here and there and it's like okay it's not only just about the uniqueness of that sneaker it's also about branding mm -hmm. so yeah, that's it it just it, it, i found new avenues that i can also go explore for myself is there any plan uh and i'm thinking because you know, I put a lot of stuff on YouTube and I've, I've been following a lot of creatives on YouTube and there's a lot of stuff um, on that platform, just people in their craft and these channels are just exploding. Mm -hmm. um, any, any, 
any chance we're going to see that happening? Like you actually creating I, a channel and I, sure. showing how you do it. I actually have uh, I have a game plan for that, and uh, not necessarily showing what I'm doing because you can find everything yeah. on on the internet now. And I I thought of it. I'm not sure. Maybe I will have something where I'm showing, but I think um, what I want to do is similar to what we're doing today. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody who has a story with a custom, I would love to expose that on a video. Yeah. So yes, it will show me doing the work. I might not go into details explaining what I'm doing. However, I would love for that person to share his story on what it means for him to have a pair of custom sneakers and why he wants it that yeah, way. Yeah. And everybody's super interesting. Like I said, like, and like you, you, you will have your business tomorrow. It's like, George does this, you know, it's extra yeah. exposure. So um, right now I'm at, uh, I, I have to write my storyboards on that. So I have a, a big whiteboard and little post-its here and there. Just do but, it, man. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I had no no idea what I was doing when I started this. And yeah. it's not it's not like it's big or anything like that. It's, for me, it's more, more fun than anything. But, um, you know, as soon as politics was out of the way, for me, it was like, okay, that's it. Get the equipment. I built the panels. My wife was like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm, I'm not sure yet. Not sure. Yeah, I just, I just feel like I need to do something. You know what I mean? Tell yeah. you the truth, you're one of the person, who, the people who, when I first saw your podcast, and I came late, right? You already had a few episodes, okay? And then I was like, okay, I gotta play catch up, right? I'm like, okay, who's this person? I have no idea. Oh, I know that person. The yeah. next one, next, I was like, ah, oh, I'm putting this like while I was working. It was a long episode, and I was just laughing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, look what he's doing. I can do exactly that with the people that, and you inspired me when it comes to to. To this, as opposed to showing the craftsmanship, yeah. I think it's cooler to expose the people that I meet with. But there's a lot of like I'm gonna show you some stuff that I that I follow on YouTube, and it's something that I think that you can definitely uh, do. You know, um, as long as it's uh, well quality. I mean, uh, I don't know if the quality really matters of the production. As long as for me in my head, it's just put it up. You know what yeah. I mean? Do it. And yeah. then the quality yeah. will follow later as long as you're actually putting out the content. At least that's how I see it, right? And uh, with everything available now on social media, man, it's uh, there's just a lot of fun things that you can do. Um, and the, the way that I, I started, because uh, at some point I was really into photography and I started following all these guys online. It's true. I remember you walking around with a camera. Yeah, man. Yeah. And uh, But even that, you know, I had to put it aside. There were so many, like, obstacles uh to anything that I wanted to do because of politics. And I'm not judging. I mean, I I, I loved what I did. It's just that, you know, there, there was so, so many restraints, man. You know, like uh, there was so much scrutiny and so much judgment on what you do, who, who you talk to, what you say, uh, what do you do? You know what I mean? And it's like you have to live in, in this persona kind of thing. Uh, and I had to put aside all those things that I enjoyed. The hobbies. You know I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, I remember when I was like really into photography and I started following these people online, like um, uh, this guy, Peter McKinnon, and then obviously Casey Neistat. I'm following him too. Amazing, <laughs> amazing stuff. And he, he recently had an episode with this guy. And that's where I thought about you. Um, I forgot what it's called, but he he's a leather maker. He makes like these leather things and he's, uh, he's based, I guess, in Ontario somewhere. And, you know, he, Peter McKinnon had an episode with him. And the guy has a YouTube channel. He doesn't talk at all. Just little music. Like, he does his little edit. And it's just really good quality, like... Uh, the, work the work or the video itself, good quality. Well, the, the, or the, both. The video yeah. and obviously the work as yeah. well. But it's just so intricate about, you know, the machinery and everything that he does and him cutting it. And, like, it's so well done. You're, you're just that. I was just wasting hours and hours on YouTube just <laughs> watching him make, like, a little wallet. You know what I mean? <laughs> But this is something that, and I'm like, 
this is definitely something that the Costa could be doing with shoes. You know, I mean, it's it's a whole other aspect and a whole other responsibility to think like, oh, okay, now I gotta film this shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it takes yeah. away from the workload that you have. But I just thought that that would be so interesting to just see the process of you know a shoe and then starting from you know scratch I mean? and, and yeah. then drawing and everything and. Uh, you know the different camera angles and it, it would be very interesting and that's why I'm like this guy should definitely have a fucking YouTube channel man I would be hooked on it you know what I mean and it's something that you can look into so I mean, it, I don't it's know, but... interesting you said because I'm heading in that direction however maybe I should incorporate what you're saying also look into it both. I mean look there, there's so many look there's so many things and it's funny because I, I find myself telling people what to do and it's like I don't do it myself <laughs> which I feel bad about oh, but... aren't we all kings at that yeah, though exactly. <laughs> uh, but uh, and for me look uh, this is something definitely new and for me the podcasting was something that started very very early on like I don't know if you, uh, the first episode on this podcast we had Pantelis who's a very good friend of mine he's a comic in Montreal and I had met up with him like in early 2000 like 2008 I think something like that 2009 he was, telling, he was already podcasting when people didn't even know what podcasting was Yeah. Uh, and today like after 10 or 11 years that he's been doing it uh, he has this huge podcast on his own and then he has another podcast with Mike Ward who's like you know, famous Quebec comedian and they're just having a blast, these guys. You know what I mean? And now it's getting to a point where they're actually scaling and they're, they're, they're on YouTube and they're making videos. And it's really going well for him. And this guy, the doors opened up. He was on Just for Laughs this year. He was also on it last year. So his career is really taking off. And I'm very proud of the guy. And that's where it had clicked. I'm like, this podcasting thing, man, I don't know. Uh, and I started looking into it. And that's where this all these things you know all these interests started uh happening for me uh and to some extent i'm i'm you know i'm glad that, that whole political thing is over because i can just be like okay what are we doing now let's sit down like what i can just talk to you anyone. can think clearly yeah man yeah but yeah. I, uh, just to go back to that youtube thing i was like i gotta show it to costa this is gonna <laughs> be uh it's gonna be great and you know it's obviously it's additional Work. work yeah, yeah absolutely an additional learning process because fuck i can't edit a video right i tried it once a long time ago i didn't but i'm doing it now i remember doing a video for the ultra ride man yeah. i spent the whole day to do like a one minute video and i was yeah, like but you know what the thing is now man <laughs> there are so many tutorials online like even yeah. me now i don't know half of what i'm doing man like it's like as we go kind of basis you know yeah. like i mean now yeah. i've gotten in like I've got it set, you know, uh, like the audio uh, and the video and all that stuff. And again, like, it's not really complicated. You know, it's one camera and it's just filming. <laughs> but uh, there's so many. Tools. Right now, all the videographers out there, they're like, oh, look at this guy. He thinks it's nothing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> uh, no, but I mean, it could be more. I mean, for now, I mean, there's just one camera and yeah. there's very minor edits that I do. But and even that was challenging. I'm like, oh, how the hell do I do this now? You know? Now you have to go all these tutorials, but it's so easy, you know, like uh, in a five, six minute tutorial, uh, you figure out how to do like so many things. Like if you look at my history on YouTube, <laughs> it's just tutorials, you know, on audio and video. Um, and it, it, it's impressive to me now that I have all the time, uh, more than obviously before, to see uh, what exists, man, online. Like for me, it's so impressive because look, I was in politics. So for me, the, the social media, yeah. it was just yeah. the traditional stuff. You know what I mean? And it's not like I was working for like a high profile politician either. It was just basic things, you know? So it was just managing that kind of aspect. Uh, but when you see what, what's out there, and especially if you're into this creative field, uh, so many opportunities. It's, it's insane. Absolutely. And the creative 
of in every term i didn't know what a creative was mm-hmm. i thought okay a creative is an artist what is i didn't know a dj was considered a creative and an artist right mm-hmm. but as soon as i said as soon as i saw the the two together i was like absolutely he is an artist he is a creative a singer a photographer i thought a photographer is simply a photographer no he's a creative yeah, yeah. and the work that's all involved behind it uh, I, 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 to your point i had the time to really stop and think clearly and see what's happening and learn a whole different just change my mindset mm-hmm. but i think it's important for people to be able to take a step back and take that time to think yeah it, and it's not easy for everybody just like you yeah. when you were working it wasn't easy to take that step no. back when i was in a restaurant there's no way right Dude, i noticed that you disappeared I'm like, <laughs> this so i um now say i would have to give advice to somebody you know the last thing i would do is tell them stop doing what you're doing so and don't pay your bills so you can no, figure things sure. out but i think it's important for people to try and find a way to try different things taste different things and really open your horizons especially in today's world oh man it's crazy it, it, no matter what you do even if you're doing basket weaving for a, for a company you can end up doing a podcast or a, no, but a, a it, youtube but channel but that's the thing it's i just, bet you there is a whole bunch of for, for channels guaranteed. On, on basket weaving guaranteed <laughs> guaranteed you're gonna find your niche you're gonna find your market no matter what you do that's what yeah. i've realized it, it's just it's, it's incredible like even through podcasting, I had no idea. Like I, I knew that my friend was doing it. And then when I started looking into it, everybody is on the fucking platform. Everybody promoting their business or promoting whatever they're doing or promoting the brand. Uh, and then, like you said, like through that, you know, there's all these ads now that are coming in and all these partnerships. And it's just incredible. So it's crazy. You just said everybody's doing these podcasts to promote their business. What are you doing? Look, for me, honestly, I don't know. Yeah, like this is new to me. Uh, we, I just started this, and now this year, and wherever so. it goes, yeah, look, one for, thing will lead to another. I really don't know. For me, in my mind, it was like, okay, I got to do it. Just, just do it, and you figure it out later. Yeah, that, that honestly, that's the whole process in my mind. That's how it happened. I knew that podcasting was interesting back in the day when I had first met up with my with my friend Pantelis. Yeah. And I kept following it. And I'm like, this would be so interesting. And, you know, the whole political arena is absent. You know what I mean? People don't understand how things work. or and not only in politics, but the people that are involved around that whole environment. It's just not politicians and staffers. You know, you know community leaders. We're talking about um, uh, businessmen and uh, all these other people that are contributing to that one cause. And nobody knows this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And in the, for the longest time, it was just in the back of my mind. And as soon as... This year came in. I'm like, you know what? Let me just do it. And I remember my wife telling me, but what are you going to, like, how is it going to work? I'm like, I don't know. I honestly don't know. Let me just start and we'll see. You know what I mean? Um, and, you know, all this thing went up in like in no time and uh, the equipment. I just wanted to put the content out there and then I would figure out later. Do and you consider yourself a creative? I, I don't know. I don't think so. Why not? Because I'm not, I, I, I don't know why not. I mean, um, uh, for me, it's just, okay, let me talk to interesting people, get their story, share it. Um, you know, like you had nothing to do with politics, but it doesn't matter. You're, yeah. you know, you're, 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 you're in the backstage of your industry and that's what I want to expose. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't think I'm a creator. I don't, I don't think I'm creating anything. I'm just putting out the content out there. This is creating. I'm not saying you are a creative or yeah, not. Yeah, I'm yeah. just asking, you know, to me too. I was like, I still didn't consider myself a creative until I heard it from 
a hundred different people telling me and it's like okay maybe you're a hundred percent so this is what i mean now on your end this is this is still for uh, me honestly i and you asked me before going live like where is this going and i don't i really don't know and a lot of people are asking me i had a meeting this morning actually and uh, he goes to me what's this podcast like what are you doing like is this what you want to do and and my answer was i don't know Uh, i'm just enjoying it so much um, that I'm just going along with it. And I have like this uh, project coming out like for the federal campaign where it's going to get a little bit more uh, more active and, you know, we'll see where that goes. And that's just it for now, you know? And I don't have to worry about financial stuff because, you know, we're running a business with my wife on the, uh, and that's our, 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 our main income. So I don't have that stress to, to make it work. But at the same time, I, I would love for this to be more constant rather than just two episodes a month, for example, right? But I'm not. I'm not in any rush, uh, particularly. I really don't. Uh, I, I really don't stress. This is honestly something really fun. There's this guy actually that I want to bring on the podcast, and I've, we've been going back and forth for like two months. He goes, George, man, I'm so sorry. I'm just so busy. I hope. I'm like, dude, there's literally no stress. Don't worry about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that for me, this is just a fun way to just break off from whatever I'm doing or whatever I had done before and just meet the interesting people and just put, you know, this content out there for the public to, uh, to absorb. That's, that's what I it think is. it's super cool. And when you contacted me, I was like a hundred percent like, fuck, I haven't seen you in so long. <laughs> I would love to come. Okay, fine. We'll just be in front of a camera saying our stupidities, yeah. right? <laughs> but <laughs> no, no, Nothing out of the ordinary. Right? Yeah. Nothing but, we haven't said anything stupid. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh but I think, I think it was super cool. And I think you should keep going. And absolutely. One thing will fall. Uh... Tell, tell me, tell me about uh, the, the branding, uh, what you're doing now. Because you mentioned before that you're, you are branding as you, as Costa, or because you have this, uh, this company. It's called Accents? You're, uh... Accents. So um, I haven't been promoting the company per se. And I will start promoting it soon as the store opens, even though everything is done on paper. Um, and I still give out my business card as Accents. However, I'm promoting myself. Yeah. And I think I am my best brand. Mm-hmm. I think Costa is my business card. My handshake mm-hmm. is yeah. my business card. And I think that's the root of all businesses. And that's just keeping it old school for several reasons. I don't want to be based only on social media. I don't know. It's I want to promote me as yeah. a person, me as an artist now, as a creative now. Yeah. Um, that's uh, that's basically how I'm, how I'm treating it. So uh, accents actually has a definition to it. It's an emphasis given to a style worn by an individual for a distinctive look and self-expression. Straight out of the dictionary. No, wrong. <laughs> it's not. I wrote that one. Okay. I swear. Okay. <laughs> and this is why I said, okay, that's accents. Yeah. It's literally, and, and I, when I wrote the definition, I even wrote noun. And the <laughs> accents, it's written with two X's, right? But, um, but no, it... it, it I think my branding is more myself right now yeah. and as an individual and then start moving it. Tell me something. Are, are you, um, are you projecting like in the future to be more like, is it uh, like to bring more people on board kind of thing? Like for you not to be like the only person, right? Yeah, absolutely. So th- I, I, I met so many different artists who have talent yeah. who are super good and they would love to be customizing sneakers day in and day out, yeah. but they just, not not they can't market themselves or they're not getting the exposure they're just maybe the area they're in or they're just not getting yeah. the clientele that necessarily they would like to be getting and uh and speaking with them it's like i would love to open a place and have the different artists 
and different styles. Mm-hmm. You, you could just keep changing the uh, looks, right? You can have somebody in residency for a little while and etc. As long as the space is there, like a creative yes. space where yes. people can come and just yes. do what they have to do. And then let me do what I do best. Bring people to you guys to yeah. keep you guys busy. You know, I'm, I'm I'm good at that. I've always done that. That would be awesome because I don't think anything like that exists where there's like a, a creative space where... Uh, there is, but depends on what you want to do, right? If yeah. we look at tattoo parlors, that's exactly But that's it, what right? I was thinking. I mean, like you're creating a tattoo parlor for shoes kind of thing. Yeah. The guy walks yeah. in, you can either leave his shoes there to be taken care of, cleaned or repaired or whatever. And then what you're going to have, like a little binder with different designs that people can add to their shoes or... Absolutely, but now we have Google, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so no matter what it is you want, done. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm really looking forward to it. I have, um, I'm, I'm on track. And I think it's nice, you know, and, and with the store, I have a lot of different ideas to not just be on sneakers, yeah. to actually help other artists get their work promote their stuff. to promote their, their stuff. I want to become like a hub yeah. for, for urban artists. Uh, you know what's funny? We, we said this earlier on. Montreal has that uniqueness that would allow you to do that, I think, as mm-hmm. a city. Yeah. Uh, just look at all the events they do. Right. Next month we have under pressure of uh, See, the I don't month know these things. Okay. Yeah. The month before we had the mural fest. There, and... There's so many things. Actually, I was having this conversation with um, with someone else not too long ago about how Montreal is just a festival city, yeah. and we don't know it because we take it for we, granted. We live here, and yeah. well, I don't know. I, I have no clue about these things happening, and yet there are so many things going on. And you're uh, a downtown anything. boy. Uh, no, I'm not downtown boy. Okay. <laughs> I'll take that back. <laughs> I, no, I, I love downtown. I, we used to live downtown. So for, for me, uh, you know, we, you know, we're in the suburbs now. I think on every single podcast, I kind of, uh, I, I, I'm not disappointed that we live here, but because I love it. You know, I love where we are, but I just miss the Montreal vibe. You know, I threw it in there just for, to ignite it. But it's okay. It's fine. My, my wife knows it too. You know, she's to blame. No, no, we're very happy. Um, but I do miss downtown, honestly, because there's a lot of things happening. And we live like really at the heart of downtown, like in the middle of the chaos. We were in, in the middle of everything going on, you know? I, I said it to somebody. I find Montreal is a small New York. I disagree. Okay. I think Toronto is a small New York. Montreal is a, has a, um, a much more European vibe, mm-hmm. but culturally, it's so rich. It's international. Yeah. I haven't traveled much, but I've been to some big cities. And like obviously, New York is on a league of its own. Forget about New York. Yeah, you know, yeah. uh, Montreal is very similar to San Francisco. I don't know if you've been to San Francisco. No, never. You should go to San Francisco. It's a beautiful city. But the one thing that I've noticed in all these cities that they don't have compared to Montreal is the vibrant uh, lifestyle. Uh, I remember even in Toronto, I was with my wife there. Oh, well, that's why when you said Toronto is more like New York. In, the, in, in terms of the look. Okay. Like no, so we're not talking about look. We're talking about yeah, culture yeah. and yeah. vibes yeah, and yeah, things yeah. to do. Things it's are like, moving in Montreal. Yeah. Uh, and that's one thing that distinguishes it, I think, from every other city. We were in Toronto, actually, uh, a couple of years ago with my wife, uh, before even the kids were born and everything. And it was 1.30 in the morning. And it was dead. And it was on a Saturday. And On top of it. Yeah. And I was like, what is going on here? Well, like, in Montreal does... on a Monday night. Yeah, Monday, Tuesday, <laughs> Wednesday, there is always yeah. uh, something yeah. going on. There's always activity, like especially downtown. Obviously, if you go to the suburbs, it's dead. Of course, about of course. Yeah, but yeah. we're talking about the core of the city. There's always movement. There's always lights. There's always something going on. And I haven't seen that in many cities. Of course, excluding you know New York. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Forget about that. Yeah. But what I think is really cool is that people are real in terms of, you know what? 
we live in this area. It's not far from downtown Lake George. Let's go grab a coffee on St. Dennis Street. I, I just think it's also a mentality thing. I think people are conditioned to, th- to think that way. That's, that's what Montreal does to you. Really? Okay, let me set the scenario for you. You're in Toronto. It's super expensive in Toronto. Yeah. You have a job. It's decently paying. So you're dressed in your suit and tie. And you have to go out or you have to go out. After work, everybody goes out. So you're all corporate with your co-workers. Yeah. And you going back to that, we have to be a certain image. We have to be yeah. fake. But I live an hour away and I have to take the train. But back. that's a thing. So by seven o'clock, I'm out. And I find you go to Toronto and everybody's... And I'm not saying it in a bad way. Maybe it's what I saw, right? But you go to Toronto and you see everybody's being fake because... Okay, uh, I'm just out with my coworkers, it's, and it's by business. seven, eight o'clock, yes, seven, eight o'clock, I gotta jump on a train because it's but the last what, one bringing me. That's what I'm saying. Home. Montreal has that uh, that vibe, I think. And growing up in Montreal, you're you're conditioned to think like, okay, what are we doing today? Yeah, where, where are we yeah, going? Yeah, yeah. N- regardless of you know what day it is in the, in the <laughs> yeah. week. Whereas in other cities like Toronto, I mean, it's so like business oriented. Where Monday to Thursday, let's say, it's dead. Yeah, and maybe you would expect it. Or maybe we don't know the places where things are Correct. Yeah, maybe it's maybe just it's us, us, but yeah. yeah. But I was there on a Saturday and it was dead and I was on Young Street and uh you know, which you it's know the heart, right? <laughs> I was like, what the hell is going on here? And then I think someone told me that clubs close at two, uh or maybe even early, I'm not even sure. And I was like, that doesn't make sense. But we're not going clubbing either, right? No, but, but you just want to go out. Like there's yeah. no like a bar or a, a pub or whatever, anything. Uh, and that's what I think is distinctive uh, about Montreal. It's it's amazing. It's a, it's a it's a great city. That's why I think that's something that we, that, that, that you're building has a huge potential over here. Thanks, man. because it yeah. has that culture vibe, like a New York, like a San Francisco, yeah. like you know that kind of city. You know, uh, and it's amazing. I'm I'm glad that you're uh, that you're pursuing this. And I was definitely uh, uh, well one shock to to see that what you're doing. That's why I asked you. I'm like, how do you transition from what you were before? Because I knew you as the car guy. You know, uh, just working on the car all the time and racing. And and then I'm like, he's designing shoes. Uh, I'm like, okay. That's, <laughs> and I was happy. It's just a shock that I'm like, he can draw. <laughs> I didn't know that. You know? <laughs> But uh, it's great, and uh, I want to thank you, man, for coming. I'm not going to keep you much longer. I know that you're you're busy and you have all the all that work. Um, I appreciate it, dude. And, dude thank uh, you very much, man. Thank you. We're gonna we're gonna stay we're gonna stay in touch for sure. And uh, uh, I wanna I wanna do something else. Obviously, when you open your shop, and uh, there's uh, not be I, cool, I, I, man. I don't know why, but when I saw what you were doing, for some reason, all these ideas came to my mind for you. Yeah. I was like, yeah, that's awesome. And I just wish sometimes that I can think like that for me. But I'm, I don't consider myself a creative. But uh, there's just so many things that I thought about you. And, you know, I, I want to give you There some you ideas. go, George. You can become a consultant for people. Yeah, yeah. And then slowly, slowly, <laughs> I'll start drawing shoes. You know what I mean? <laughs> Thanks bro, a lot, bro. Thank you very much, man. I appreciate it. <laughs>